What's up, guys? Welcome to Free For All Podcast, your source for all things geek. I am your host, Evan Swaffer. With me, as always, Josh Barnett. Hello. Chuck Nally. Hello. And special guest star, Eric Crane. Hey. You guys, I found out. Linda Ellerby is still alive. Oh, thank goodness. Who? 75 years old and probably still thinks she's hosting Nick News. 75? Yeah. Why was she ever hosting Nick News? What is Nick News? It was oh, in for, for Nickelodeon. I remember SpongeBob. Keeping it relevant here on the Free For All podcast, folks. Mm-hmm. Something that went off the air 30 years ago. She's an American journalist who's most known for several jobs at NBC News, including Washington, D.C. correspondent, and also as host of Nickelodeon's Nick News with Linda Ellerby. In response to Chuck, we do often use the video game show as a launch platform to talk about 90s basketball. That's different. You know it. Yeah, the big three. Are they coming back? Tom the Bob Chambers. <laughs> I want to talk 90s baseball. Ron Gant. Yeah, Ron Gant. Eric doesn't know who Daryl Strawberry is. Cocaine does. He's got a great name. <laughs> Cocaine does. <laughs> oh, man. All of cocaine no just knows where strawberry is. Good. Is he alive? Uh, yes. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Is he homeless? Whoa. I don't what's, think so. What's the whoa? The man was really addicted to cocaine. <laughs> Wasn't that entire Mets team addicted to cocaine? You're not wrong. His middle name's Eugene. I mean, Lenny Dykstra was on that team. His name is Daryl Eugene Strawberry. I just didn't mm-hmm. see that for some reason. Video games only. <laughs> Speaking of which, we got a fuck ton of games to talk about because 2020 has had games. Uh, let's see. What do we want to start off with? Cool. Cool. You uh, decide. You're the host. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, Josh, gush about Final Fantasy VII, and let's just go ahead and lose all of our listeners. You're on the clock. (laughs) (laughs) Set it for three different cycles, because I'm going to be fucking talking. Um, This game is fucking fantastic. I need you to sell this game to me right now. I need it to be sold to me. Uh, This is genuinely, without hyperbole, at least in my top 20 video games of all time, I have no history with the Final Fantasy series before Final Fantasy XV. I've barely touched any of them before this. I definitely have no knowledge or prerequisite uh, information about Final Fantasy VII before playing the remake, other than the most obvious spoilers that are like with, within video game culture. Um, there are things that almost anybody who knows anything about video games knows about that game. Uh, I guess I'll avoid talking about that just in case people are listening that don't understand um, Eric, I am going to spoil some stuff for this. I know you were playing on playing. Uh, I mean, I played the original. Stuff's different. Okay, I mean, I know that most of it's just Midgard, like, all into one game. Yeah, so... so you go ahead, man. This takes what is roughly a three-hour section of the original game and makes it a full 20 to... or Sorry, 40 to 60-hour experience. Um, for me, I think the combat is incredibly fun, just on a gameplay level. Uh... 
you do have the ability to play turn-based, but you shouldn't. Uh, it's got an active combat system where you can swap between your party members um, or pause the time or pause battle in the middle of combat to give orders to your other players so that you don't technically have to slow or stop anything. You can just, just briefly pause it. Quick interjection there, just yeah. probing question. That sounds like, to the labor, uh, it sounds like the combat, at least a more like action-heavy combat that I saw in Dragon Age Inquisition, where you could kind of stop time and then give orders. Yeah, it's handled a little differently, but yes, overall, it's not terribly unlike that. Um, so you have like your your like magic points, so you can actually cast spells. But the thing is, is you can't do your abilities or cast spells or anything until you've earned enough. Uh, attack points in battle by using just regular melee attacks. Uh, your meter fills slowly to begin with, but uh, the way that they do their level-up system in terms of your special abilities are, or magic spells or anything are enhanced by uh, materia, which actually gives you access to the spells. As you use them, those individual pieces level up, and you can put them on each of your characters separately. Um, the combat just is really smooth. It's a gorgeous game. As far as like just technically playing it, it's really fun. It, there's some Japanese-ass game design in that that's not the best in terms of, like, the way their side quests go, uh, the way that, like, replaying the game after you've beaten it goes, and, and how you are able to, like, go back and get other trophies and different, like, optional items that you missed. Um, but actual... you, what made you fucking love this game, though? All of this is the stuff I knew about Final Fantasy. Tell me why you fucking love this game out of nowhere. So, one, the story. Um, a lot of characters that are barely glossed over in the original game, are fully fleshed out, and they do a fantastic job of attaching you to those characters. Um, Cloud is obviously a character that everybody knows. He's the main you know, protagonist. Um, Barrett is one of the main characters in the game that sticks with you, at least for the majority of it. Aerith is a huge character that everybody knows, but characters like Biggs and Wedge and Jesse are characters that died quickly in the original game or were... Uh, left behind in the original story they're fully fledged out like fleshed out they're characters that you actually care about and commit to uh the thing that made me hooked on this game beyond just enjoying playing it is when they actually get into why this remake is actually a reimagining and how it's actually essentially a sequel to the original game um this is <laughs> without getting super hyper nerdy sephiroth who's like the main bad guy the one-winged angel in the game is, in everybody's theory, the version of him from after Final Fantasy VII, um, actually the Advent Children movie that came out, it's a version of him that knows the original story and how it plays out, and is manipulating and fucking with the actual story as it, as it goes. Um, little details... Coward-type situation here. Yeah, little details are changed. Um, as they are changing, though, there's an otherworldly force in the game that is trying to put the characters back on the right path. You'll experience, as you start playing it, these uh, ghost-like characters, these, these things called whispers, that are essentially the arbiters of fate. What they're doing is, when they show up in the game, they're interfering in places where Sephiroth has done something to change the timeline. So when Cloud and Aerith initially meet, which is one of the big catalysts for the original game's story, um, Cloud is delayed because Sephiroth shows up in a place he's not supposed to. Cloud is, is 
detoured trying to talk to him because of their own personal history. However, Aerith isn't gone where she normally would have been because the Whispers are there attacking her, basically forcing her to stay where she is so that she still meets Cloud where she's supposed to. Um, they do that a lot in the game. You're basically, as you play this, trying to fight against the original story and trying to break the original story and start creating an entirely new one. Um, there are super in-depth levels and breakdowns of how this all plays into the game but basically i spent roughly 12 to 20 hours of watching like other people's youtube content and listening to them breaking it down and talking with dave who's like way more than me on this game even that dude is obsessed with it's obsessed with this game um it's one of those things that like as a story conceit and as something that um is a way to bring people in is in my opinion one of the most brilliant remake ideas and design ideas that i've ever experienced like it gives a reason for changes it allows the developers and the writers and the directors to come up with something new while still honoring and making a game that in my opinion is fantastic okay all right i'll watch i watched a twitch streamer play this game um not all of it but a big twitch streamer that i follow uh was playing it and the only thing that i could see that uh really uh, could could be a downside is the NPC um, not in the not in the cutscenes but like the NPC interactions in the uh, overworld. Mm-hmm. Uh, their like facial features were not uh, not super like well made. It was basically like their lips were just doing this, like yeah. moving up and down, and like the rest of their face wasn't moving. And that's such a small thing to nitpick. But like when I was watching it, I looked. I was playing a game and I looked over at my other screen, saw it. And it made me go, oh, no, just by itself. Yeah, I could say none of that actually stood out while playing the game. Um, I mean, Eric, you know the story fairly well. So, I mean, just saying Jesse dies supposedly in this game, but Biggs and Wedge are both still alive, um, or at least last we know. And, like, those are characters that are for sure dead. Um, there's so much lore in this game that I had no fucking knowledge of. I didn't know how deep the story actually went. Um but the idea behind the characters, it's just, I don't know, it's one of those games that, like, bore into my head, and I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And I really, really, really want to play the next version. Um, Lord only knows when that's going to come out. Well, but, he, yes, uh, probably. Uh, but, yeah. um, there are, like, different le- levels and layers as to how deep the, like, theories about this game goes. And it's just one of those that, like, if you're invested in it, you're able to deep dive in a way that games don't really honestly give you the opportunity to do a lot. I do have uh, an addition to the your your uh, theory about Sephiroth wanting to change the events that have already happened. Oh, my God. You'll be all right. Um, <laughs> the, Shut you're going into Sephiroth theories now? Sephiroth? Jesus Christ. I don't respect uh, him enough to say his name right. You say Christ? <laughs> Oh my god. Go We're on. talking about this 40-year-old game for 12 minutes. Let him speak. Your day's coming next. Basically, uh, I, I saw a theory online that he uh, he says something to Cloud, and apparently people are saying that that's his way of trying to effectively stop the big uh, seven event. Seconds. Yeah. Seven seconds to the end. Seven seconds at the end, and then that—that's his way of like trying to stop the big 
Um, I, I'm not trying to spoil that because that's like the. I, I know it all at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I I I've dealt, I've like dived deep into like all of what's going on in this game. I don't care about the original because they're clearly taking a slightly different path, if if not a fully yeah. different path. But I just didn't want to say anything in case anybody has no idea. Oh God, that would have been died. fucking brilliant. Oh, no. Uh, all right. Super. Over. You've sold me enough to kind of try the game. I'll say that. Thank you. I can log into my PlayStation account and try it. Yeah. After I, That means I get to download it, which will take approximately 14 years. <laughs> Start it now. So part two might be almost out by then. There you uh, go. Um, Chuck, you've been patient, kind of. Uh, <laughs> I, I had 10 minutes worth of patience. You were also patient for Fallout 76 Wastelanders. <laughs> oh, I can start digging into this immediately. I've heard of that game like 55 times on this show. You give him 10 minutes. All right, sorry, hold on. Let me assume my Chuck. <laughs> it, it, it all works out. You're just a little dot on my uh, screen here, so do whatever you feel. Uh, Wastelanders added uh, NPCs and uh, some... Um, some quest lines to uh, Fallout 76. I was enjoying Fallout 76 anyway. Uh, this makes it feel much more like a typical Fallout game because there's uh, NPCs just kind of walking around or traitors and whatnot that just aren't robots, uh, you know. Um, there are two different storylines. There's a Raider storyline and a Settler storyline. Settlers, of course, being more of a traditional good guy and the Raiders are bad guys. It also added... Um, um, a, a different type of uh, raiders called the Blood Eagles, who are just, they're going to shoot you regardless. But if you're on the uh, favorable with the Raiders' quest storyline, then they won't attack you on sight. Same thing with the Settlers. The one thing that I didn't know going in is if you do too many quest lines on one side, you can't do any of the other ones. Like, this, I can't do Settlers' quest lines anymore. Unless, huh? You're a, so you're a bad guy. Yeah. Which I'm typically not in those games, um, at least until my second playthrough, and then I'm just terrible. I'm a terrible, terrible person. Um, but um, somebody record that. I mean, I am. You can timestamp it. <laughs> anyway, um, oh shit, I lost my train of thought. Uh, anyway, it's fun. Uh, it's added a lot more stuff. They're doing more events now. They've got a roadmap now where they're changing. Uh, kind of uh, the um, uh, freebie system. If you do enough things and you get free stuff um, and it's not just atoms, they'll add like a bunch of, and it kind of is cool. It looks like a seventies board game, like a Trey would love it. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, like it kind of looks like sorry almost where you're like, or Candyland or something where you're moving your pieces around. But the more you progress on that board, the more stuff you get. So um Looks pretty fun. I mean, there's still glitches every now and again, but I mean, it's not like Fallout never had glitches anyway, so uh, something I'm used to. I, I love that game. I was, I'm still going to keep playing it. Unhealthily, as I hear. Dude, you're on... Every, literally every time I got out, I was like, I wonder who else Chuck's playing Fallout 76. <laughs> you're the same way with Streets of Rage, you bitch. I played the shit out of Streets of Rage. Because <laughs> it's a great game. So, is the player race increased in size on Fallout since Wastelanders came out? Did it? Oh, God, we're on player bases now? 
<laughs> I'm not talking about conceptual theories of the characters, you dick. Anyway, uh, as far as I can tell, yes. And every time that they have like a major event like Meat Week or the Fosnotch Parade or whatever, um, there'll be a... Yeah, I don't Meat know. Week. Yeah, Meat Week. It's, Meat Week's great. Anyway, um, uh, there's a spike... There's a, a noticeable spike in, in players um, or, you know, double XP or triple XP weekend or whatever. Uh, but I, I can tell that there's consistently more people on right now. But, God, I saw somebody. This is a record for me. I saw somebody who was a level 650 the other day. Good, what's the level cap? Is there one? There's not one. Man, what level are you? That was Chuck from the future. Yeah. I am uh, level 72. You got oh, a ways to go. Yeah, as much as I play that game, I'm a 72. That's st- insane. There's still an entire section of the map that I haven't even explored. Chuck, you Did owe you- it to yourself to get to 76 and fucking stop. <laughs> There's actually an achievement for getting to 76, believe it or not. Is. Did you Did beat Fallout 4? No. No, I you never beat so much. You played so much, and you never beat that game. I blame the podcast, really, because it came out in the last part of what 2017, and then, um, and then I just like all these other games started coming out that I wanted to play for the show, and I just never got back around to it. It was 2016. It was the same year as The Witcher, or 2015, actually. It's been a long time. Yeah, I they're remember. Putting a, they're putting a new mod on. Is a they're putting a new mod on uh, Fallout 4 that's uh, a reskinned Fallout 76. So uh, that's pretty pretty exciting. Hey, Eric. Yes? Talk to me about a game you've been playing called Project Winter. Project Winter is, um, is a game like a lot of other games. There's uh, a couple, I think one called Werewolf and one... There's a parlor game called Mafia where you have a group of people who all have a hidden um, uh, job to do. Uh, And, you know, there are bad guys. And the two bad guys know each other, but everybody else doesn't know their, like, everybody else's roles. And so the whole point of the game is for bad guys to uh, sabotage trying to get out. And Project Winter just put that into a video game form. Uh, basically, you're stuck in a wintry log cabin with uh, six other people, seven other people, and either you're the you know, uh, betrayer or you're one of the scientists or somebody who's trying to get out of this uh, winter wasteland. And it's really fun. I, I played it with my friend Barrett. We, uh, you know, we started to play on discord with each other. And then we realized that that just wasn't making the game worth it. And it was, it was actually much better to play with uh, push to talk with the game audio and the, talking to the other people. So you have to, uh, you have to basically go it, each game's about 20 minutes long and you have to try your, your hardest to work together with everybody. Who's not a sabotage person to one, try to get out of there. And then two, figure out who the sabotagers are saboteurs uh, are to to try to uh, get them out of the party, kill them, or or freeze them out, or you know pr- prevent them from preventing you to leave. 
for leaving. And uh, sounds, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say it sounds like mafia, but in like the Hateful Eight universe. Uh, kind of. It's it's not so much. Um, it's it's very polygonal. Like the graphics are very polygonal. It's a top down, almost from like Diablo's like length, um, and uh, and and you know the map is procedural. It changes all around. And so you have objectives that you got to get to. You've got to start up a power station. And then once you've got that power station start up, then you've got to go find the radio tower and fix the radio tower. Then you've got to go back to the cabin to call the helicopter to come and rescue you guys. All the while, the, the, the saboteurs are, you know, trying to destroy the power station after you've already fixed it or, or trying to kill you guys separately without getting caught. And, and stuff like that, and it's it's uh it's really fun, and it kills it kills time for sure. So are they like actively interacting with the world? So because like with Mafia, that we've played, uh, Eric and I have played Mafia a lot on many a drunken nights. Um, it is literally just like a, we draw cards, and those cards represent the different jobs, and then it's just a discussion that's had in like a round table format, and eventually people start pointing fingers. It's very much like a Jackbox game. Um, game we played over at uh mike's so was it resistance it's similar it, uh, or the coup or the uh oh god what is that called everybody kept calling you a fucking spy where i was the spy it's this it's that same thing werewolf is the same thing mafia is the same thing um but with this one because it's a video game so like they are actually able to sabotage stuff right yeah so um let's say to fix the power station, you need three gas canisters, two mechanical parts, and two electronic parts. And you go and collect those things, or craft those things, and then put them into the power station to fix the power station. The saboteurs can then, if nobody's around it, could go in there, sneak in there, take some of those parts away, and it'll it'll lower, it'll knock down the power station again. So somebody is going to have to go back and fix that, and if nobody saw who, who it was, or, you know, if you... If you if you're found out, but you kill the person that found you out before they get back to the cabin to tell everybody else, then, you know, you're, you're, you're doing your job as the saboteur, but yeah, you actively go around to each individual, you know, uh, objective and try to fix or break the, those objectives and hope that you don't get caught or catch or hope to catch the person doing the bad things. There's uh, there's crates all around the world. Um, and only the saboteurs can access the crate. So if one's open and you hear like the open sound and then you run over there and somebody's running away from that area, you can just assume that they are a saboteur. Stuff like that. What is this on? Super uh, cool. Steam. Steam. PC. Yeah, it's, I mean, Mafia is a fun time. I always enjoy playing it. It usually ends in drunken arguments and fights. <laughs> um but it's a it's a really fun time. The newest Jackbox has a very similar one where you're trying to determine who's an alien on a spaceship. Um, it's awesome. It, it is great. It's very similar to to Mafia in general. It's just like everybody, like three people get chosen for a task, and if they're an alien, they get like a slightly different version of that task. And you're supposed to try and weed out who it is that that is the infiltrating alien, basically. Um, those mafia games, like I like every one of them. I think they're they're especially great when you're just destroyed, drunk off your ass to uh, play. I would actually, I'd love to join your and Barrett session one time with that game. Is it? Uh, is it, it awesome so Steam? we caught it. Um, I was I was 
I looked just looked it up to bring it up. We uh we actually caught it during a sale weekend, and I got it for seven ninety nine. Come but, sail away, come sail away with me. Um, so the uh, the full price is nineteen ninety nine, but we I'm I'm sure there's going to be another uh, sale weekend or, or maybe Steam's going to do their big summer sale because everybody's staying inside or hopefully staying inside. Yeah, you would assume uh, you would assume there'd still continue to be more and more sales. I mean, I'd like to jump in on it. even if I buy it at the regular price. I think it could be pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's. I've had a good time with it for sure. Oh, show. I would like to play. I'd love to play that where we knew like everybody in there. That'd be cool. Yeah, that that's that's something that I wish could happen because the uh, uh, the people that you play with either I mean it, with any game you're gonna find trolls, and a lot of the times people. You know, we'll just start attacking you, even though they're not a saboteur because they're a piece of crap. Um, saboteur. I, I, go ahead. Saboteur. Uh, there's uh, there's one guy. Uh, one guy was trying to complete his like achievements, and he wasn't even a like bad guy. But I got knocked down by the bad guy. Did you? And, and he ran up to me and he was like, Hey, can I just kill you? And I was like, No, pick me up and then he just swung at me and killed me and then ran away. And I was like, <laughs> Cool. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I mean you could you would assume you can make a big enough group to like just be in control of everybody, right? Yeah, it's so if you I mean, you know, you could uh start up a lobby of yourself and, and make it locked and send passwords out and uh people can join uh, if you if you knew enough people that owned the game and played with you. Cool. I would like to play that at some point. Uh, well, you mentioned it earlier. Let's talk Streets of Rage. 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 Um, I rage that, unfortunately, I can't play with more than one friend online in this game. Yeah, I don't know why it's four-player co-op on couch, but you can only play with one player online. But it is what it is. The online one barely works anyway. True story. I can't imagine what it would try and do with three people. You're not wrong. I got obsessed with this game. I've almost beaten it seven times. <laughs> uh, this game is a ton of fun. Just an absolute blast. It's really fun. I don't know why I got obsessed with unlocking all the characters. I'm just like, once I beat it the seventh time, I'll have enough to unlock the final character. I don't even play with them. I just like having them. Do you get to play as Rue? As who? I'm sorry. The kangaroo? No, he's the one like the one character everybody wanted that's not in the game. You do get two different versions of the kid on skates, though. Yeah, the best kid from Streets of Rage 2. He's alright. There is a guy from Streets of Rage 3, which I don't think I played, uh, who is in a like robot suit, and he's fantastic. Yeah, um, my only problem with the Streets of Rage... One and two, like the classic characters, is they have more limited move sets. Um, like yeah, they don't have like the dash and all that stuff. Yeah, they don't have like the dash maneuvers and things like that. And I wish that they were just like still in the style. Like it throws me off when games do that. I understand it, and it's cool to, them, but I wish they weren't in like the classic style graphics. I wish they were just done with their style in the, the new art style. You know what I mean? Like, I wish they looked like Streets of Rage, Alex, without, or Axel, without having to be in the 16-bit graphics. 
That's true. Me and you struggled on the final level for a while. We did. We had some trouble, and then it disconnected us after you beat the boss solo. I, you talk about rage. It was bad. Oh, God, it was so bad. Uh, me and Chuck, because I had a little experience, me and Chuck were able to get through it pretty quickly. I don't think we ever got hung up too bad, did we, Chuck? Uh, there was one level we played like four times because we kept getting to the end and it would bounce us. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, it was so bad. With the super fast karate guy. Oh. Yeah. Shinobi. You eventually, uh, you can unlock him. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh, that game's really fun. Full man of Medan on this one. Yeah, it's a great it's a great Game Pass game though, and it's really fun even by yourself. But it is really fun with people, and I wish their online worked better. Um, but hopefully that'll hopefully that'll get fixed. Um, but it was like it's like my surprise game of the year. I didn't I liked Streets of Rage on Sega when I was younger. Um, I don't remember like being hell yeah Streets of Rage, and like I love this game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed... I, I was a Sega kid growing up. Like, I loved Nintendo my whole life as well, but we had a Genesis and never actually owned a SNES until I was, like, an adult. So, we played Golden Axe, we played Streets of Rage, we played uh, Altered Beast, like, all those 2D beat-em-ups that were on the Genesis and the Master System. Um, and Vector Man, the best. Yes, Vector Man. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed this game. I think the style is cool. I think it's kind of the perfect update to um, the original. I remember when it was announced like two years ago or something, everybody got really hyped and then they went really quiet for it. But it's nice that it came out and for the most part works really well. They just need to fix the net code. Um, and I wonder with the other game and the trouble that we've had with connecting and creating groups, if maybe it's that you're the host. Maybe the nights where we were on, we were running, uh, where we were having trouble on Minecraft, which we'll talk about later. Will, uh, uh, Jayla was running the monitors on a different frequency because we've been having trouble with them and that was causing, and we weren't doing it then. And I've been able to host on Call of Duty and it's been fine. So I don't know. Uh, but possibly I did notice online there were people complaining about it. The on, because I was so. struggling to find anybody complaining about it for the most part. I, the only thing I could find when I found with like online troubles was people upset that you couldn't have um, four. four people. Yeah, is stupid. Uh, Chuck, talk to me about Gears Tactics. Okay, uh, Gears Tactics is essentially a tactics style game like Final Fantasy Tactics or Tactics Ogre, but with uh, in the in the world of Gears of War. Um, it's very XCOM, yes. Like a 4X game? Yes, and you get uh, uh, new people. You can recruit new people. Um, if those people die in-game, then they're gone. Uh, so it's kind of... Permadeath? Um, yeah. yeah. That's like the biggest thing with XCOM. Like, those 4X games, like, in XCOM, you get to name all your characters and people, like, name them after their friends and shit like that. And when they die, they die. People would come in and be like, I'm sorry, Evan, you died last night. <laughs> yeah, it, Good. It, it, it gives the, uh, the combat much more of a, um, a weight to it. Um, so, so you're not just like running in without thinking because there's a lot of strategy in this game. Uh, the, uh, the AI is very smart. They'll flank the shit out of you. Um, and just like in, you know, uh, games like that, there'll be surprise ambushes and, 
you know, hidden mines and stuff like that. And with the gears, um, I haven't gotten to the uh, the final boss of the first level, but I've heard that he is just an absolute bitch. Uh, first level with it. Like, very, very difficult to beat, especially on your first playthrough. Uh, I'll probably stop playing this on a uh, computer and play it on console uh, when it comes out. It's supposed to come out later on this year. Um, but very so exciting. far, I've had a fucking blast with it. I've heard rumors <laughs> it's going to be on the... Uh, it'll be a launch title for uh, the new Xbox. Question. Which yeah. is the better genre crossover, uh, Gears Tactics or Halo Wars? Because I loved Halo Wars. Yeah, I mean, it's two different styles of games, of course. Um, I prefer the Halo mythos and story a lot better than Gears, so I would say Halo Wars. Um, but uh, the, the stuff that I've played in Gears so far is really, really good. That's cool. Halo Wars just finally cracked the code on making an RTS work really well on a console. Um, There's a genre that just didn't work. I, I forgot all about Halo Wars until you started talking about Gears Tactics, and I started thinking about, like, Microsoft would be smart to leverage some of their franchises in that same way. I'd like to see uh, maybe some takes on Fable that are different from the standard genre. I think they've got some good exclusive franchises. I just think they need to leverage changing them up a little bit more maybe because i feel like it's been a little samey for them for a while oh you're about to see a new fable <laughs> I, I i was excited and i never played any of the fables i played a little bit of three when it was free on games with gold um it was always a game series that i knew if i really devoted time i would enjoy they're, they're all on, they're all on game pass and you would really like them josh oh by the way evan yes the uh, console launch is uh, planned for the Series X. There you go. I'm but excited for that game. One of the it'll be on Game Pass. It, oh yeah, any first party titles on Game Pass always. Um, all my Xbox games this year. Speaking of first party titles, let's talk about Ori and the Will of the Wisps. It's technically not a first party. Whatever. It's a <laughs> exclusive. This game is goddamn amazing. It's really fucking good. This game is masterfully made. Um, they did. They really built on what they did with Ori and the Blind Forest in the first one, which is a top five game of all time for me. Um, it's not for everyone. It's fucking hard. Um, Two, not so much, honestly. I'm sorry? Two is not so much in the punishing difficulty, except for the first boss fight, in my opinion. Correct, because, man, that fuck spider. that thing. That spider sucked. You didn't have to deal with the glitches. That's my only problem with this game. Um, it would be a lock for my top five otherwise for the year. Uh, I think it's still going to be there, because I I am, like, two achievements away from 100%ing this game, essentially. Um, I've played so much of it. But I had a lot of really bad glitches in that spider fight. Only area in the game that I've had any glitches in. Supposedly, it's because I have a 1X and the regular. Supposedly, the version for the X, X enhanced, like it <laughs> runs a lot better for me. And that's the case on some stuff. Sadly, I get it. But um, I like Blind Forest better, but Will of the Wisp is still a fucking masterpiece. Um, 
I think Will of the Wisp is a better game, but I also enjoy Blind Forest better. They got away a little bit. They did more of the combat, and there was a, there's a, there's a good progression on the problem solving. But they got more into. I was happy towards the end when you have like the big chase where it's a long ass platforming level of just insane putting together everything you've learned, and you have to replay it like twenty times until you beat it. Um, the only one that was like that for me was the worm chase. Yes, that's the big one. And whereas in Blind Forest, there's at least, what, like five of those? It was almost after every dungeon. It was like, yeah, you it was, would do that, and then you would get into some sort of boss fight. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily always a boss fight. There was just always a huge escape thing. And I, that game is, the platform of that game is the best, in my opinion. And that's what I always liked about it. I did think they got a little too far away of that and got a little focused on the too focused on the combat, but the combat was really good. It's just what I loved about the first one was the combination of the platforming. So I guess that's probably where it set apart. Yeah. Beautiful still, still felt super attached to a game that doesn't have many actual words in it. Um, <laughs> it's gorgeous. It made me tear up, and it has the best music in video games. Uh, it's so good. Oh, the final cutscene is a serious contender for my favorite moment of the year. The orchestral music of that game is up there with, like, any game I've ever heard. It's so good. Yeah, uh, it's, the, the, the music is fantastic. Chuck, you played a little bit. Not your style of game, is it? No, I probably won't finish this game, which, I mean, I, I get what you guys are saying and your emotional attachments. I will say that uh, it is hard, and it's not because of the uh controls or anything the controls are super tight very responsive uh the graphics are amazing uh the, the series this series of games has some of the best uh orchestral music in video games right now uh i, I understand why you guys like it it's just i don't want to put myself through all that again <laughs> it's tough i mean i think the first one had a hard start for you just because you had all your glitches that you were dealing with and I honestly think through the game, and it deleted a third of it. Yeah, I honestly think. Um, look, Final Fantasy did that to me, not because of any glitches, but because I was stupid and didn't realize the way that the hard mode in that game worked, and it's what made me finally break the goddamn curse and stop playing that game. Because um, I was, I would still be playing it to this day, but I lost ten hours of progress, and I can't go back. Um, but. I think without being able to develop that attachment to the story, this world, and those characters from the first one, it would be maybe hard to get into this one as much. Um, having that attachment between Ori and his little family, I think, is really important. And, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk at all spoilers about the final cutscene or the final, like, story stuff, but... Uh, let's save that. We'll just save yeah. that for our works next year because I, I think there's still a lot of people that haven't played this, especially with on Game Pass. People feel they can come in whenever, so let's not spoil that because it, it is it's powerful. Yeah, it's it 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 got me in the tears. Like I definitely uh, teared up a little bit as well. And combined with the amazing music and uh, the music, and for me, um, it's the full realization of how the power of these consoles doesn't have to be devoted to the most lifelike and realistic style. And in fact, in a lot of ways, if they go with that hand-drawn style, um, you can make some of the most gorgeous games without trying to be realistic. The lighting... It looks like a painting half the time. <laughs> 100%. The lighting and the effects and everything going on um, 
are it's just it's so gorgeous that like I can't even imagine what Ori three is gonna be. Like, I, yeah, I'm sure I it's gonna be on the Xbox One series or the Xbox Series X or whatever, but hundred percent I can't even imagine. Uh inside baseball a little bit for our listeners. Guys, do we wanna break this down to a third show or do we wanna cut some uh, the smaller games and save them for next time? I'd like to break it to a third show, personally. We don't get to talk about games very often, and I feel like they'd lose relevance. I'm okay with that. Let's end it there, then. We have a lot of uh, games to talk about. Make sure to check out the third show. Uh, we got some bigger games. We haven't talked about Doom yet. Uh, we haven't talked about Call of Duty, uh, Warzone, Minecraft Dungeons, Man Eater, and then several other games. We'll play Animal Crossing, several other games uh, that uh, some other people may be interested in. So check out the third show. We'll see you there. listening to free for all your source for all things geek we just wrapped up another episode but we're not done stay tuned for part three and make sure to download part one as well don't forget to subscribe to the show on itunes and rate and review us too that's the best way for new folks to find our show you can also find us on the google play store stitcher or your favorite podcasting app don't forget that you can now subscribe to our youtube channel to watch the show as we record and you can catch our live streams on the free for all facebook page also, feel free to tweet us at FFA Podcast to keep in touch. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next time. What's up, guys? <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> Don't you dare delete this. <laughs> oh, he looks so smart. Holy shit. All right. Take a screenshot. All right. I'm going to stop this. <laughs>